You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. And fans, we have a fun-filled show for you today. First, we'll talk a little bit about these NFL playoffs. Interesting coaching moves, uh, but one in particular that we'll get into. Uh, the national championship game between the Alabama's, Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. The return of Clay Thompson. And a little HBCU talk, and we have an intriguing trading card scenario. But first, Danny, the NFL playoffs is here. For the first time in NFL history, there were 17 games played uh, in the regular season. And we have an interesting playoff situation (laughs) upon us right now and where the Green Bay Packers have uh, earned the rights to a first-round bye becoming the number one seed. And then you have Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, and the Philadelphia Eagles in the tournament, along with the first, the number one seed uh, in the AFC conference being the Tennessee Titans with that first round bye. Uh, Then you have the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Las Vegas Raiders, New England Patriots, and yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Danny, this is going to be very interesting, but I will have to say this. Mm -hmm. For this first weekend, the wild card weekend, there's a couple of matchups that I am really, really interested in watching. Um, and that is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders in the AFC conference. I'm really, really interested in seeing how that particular matchup shakes out. And that's going to be in Cincinnati. And I have to give kudos to the Las Vegas Raiders for the season that they went through with the firing of John Gruden, how that all shook out. And Ultimately, the Las Vegas Raiders making the playoffs, man. This was a struggle for them. They grinded it out the last weekend. They went ahead and secured a victory against the the Los Angeles Chargers. And that was a very, very interesting game. And then I would say on the NFC side, the game that I'm – there's actually two games I'm intrigued by. One being the Los Angeles Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. And fans, yes, I did call it at the very beginning of the season. I had a feeling that the NFC West was going to have three teams in the playoffs. And I was right. The 49ers against the Cowboys. I'm really intrigued by that match. So what say you, Danny? First, Jason, before I get into this playoff talk, I got to give a shout out to my Atlanta Falcons. Oh. Here we go, man. I have a shirt on right now. We, Here we go. We man. were rising up for a minute. Now, 
Yeah, got knocked down. We're at BW3s waiting for these teams to show up with us, watch these playoffs. (laughs) So tough year for us. Next year, I think it's going to be about the same since they're strapped with Matt Ryan's contract. And who knows with Calvin Ridley. So we're looking forward to the draft and the number eight picks. I just had to shout out my Falcons before getting to this playoff talk because it's making me sad. But uh, going to the AFC, I agree, man. I think that Bengals-Raiders game should be interesting. I'm very curious on how this one will play out. They did face each other earlier in the season. And the Bengals are on fire right now. I know they sat everybody that last game, you know, against Cleveland, but they're on a roll. So if – if Burrow's throwing up 400 yards and Chase is putting up 200, come on, man. Uh, the Raiders are in trouble, but you never know. It's the playoffs, man. They're here for a reason. Uh, the Chargers, on the other hand, I just want to call them out. I watched that game. You you briefly hit on it. The Chargers, <laughs> I know they're kicking themselves right now. If any of you, anyone watched that game. They called the timeout in overtime, and the scenario was if they tied with the Las Vegas Raiders, they would have made the playoffs and not the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So the coach made the comment that he had to make a decent defensive adjustment. The Raiders coach was like, I was just going to play it out because I just want to make the playoffs, um, quoting or uh, paraphrasing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that game is going to be interesting, man, that Bengals-Raiders game. I think the Bills-Patriots, you just don't know. The Patriots kind of are limping into the playoffs. And the Bills are actually trending up. So, in Mac Jones' first game in the playoffs, and Josh Allen has that experience, I think the Bills take care of the Patriots and Chiefs Steelers. You just don't know, man. I think the Chiefs can take that one, but the Steelers are playing with house money right now. So, you just, if someone gets on a roll, we'll see. I do want to call out, though, the Ravens as well. And when we call, I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. They didn't win a game ever since I, I said they had a tough schedule when they tripped up and they were in the first number one seed. Now look who was there, the Tennessee Titans. So everything's going through Nashville. Shout out to my Tennessee Titan fans. Uh, and they get King Henry back, which is going to be, I think, a difference maker uh, in these games. So it'll be matchup driven, but it'll be interesting. On to the NFC. Rams, Cardinals, both of these teams. <laughs> this is a toss-up, man. They're both in, playing inconsistent right now. Uh, they've shown flashes. I've said before, Matt Stafford is – I don't know about him and how he's going to play in these playoffs, but they're right. They're putting a lot on him, and he has to perform, man. He can't be throwing these interceptions like he's been throwing lately. He's just been on – he's been just up and down. Uh, but they do have Cooper Cup this year, which they didn't have last year. Uh, Cowboys 49ers. 49ers are hot, man, coming into the playoffs. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Dak had a good game this last game against the Eagles. So that should be, I think, the game of the weekend, actually, in my opinion. And that Bucks Eagles game, that one may be sneaky, man, because the Bucks, you know, they're hurt. They had the mm-hmm. whole Antonio Brown thing. They're limping into the playoffs as well. And the Eagles, another team is playing with house money, man. They 
they don't have anything to lose. And the Bucs have been struggling, man. They're losing to the Jets during that Antonio Brown thing. And they're losing to the Panthers in that last game. So I'm assuming they're going to win, but we will see. So I'm excited, man, with all these games. And they're spanning across three days. So it's Saturday, doubleheader, Sunday, and then Monday. And Danny, while we're on the heels of the end of the regular season, just like always, the Monday following the regular season is where coaches get fired. Mm-hmm. And there was one firing in particular that, man, was just a total surprise in my opinion. And that's the firing of Coach uh, Flores down in uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not see that coming, man. Especially when you talk about how the season ended up for the Miami Dolphins. We're talking about out of the last nine games played, eight wins. Those wins came against the Texans, the Ravens, the Jets, the Panthers, Giants, Jets again, and the Saints. They lost to the Titans, and then at the end of the regular season, they went ahead and beat the New England Patriots. And yes, the season didn't start good for them where they were actually like one and seven and very good for them. And so, man, this firing was a surprise. I think they were on the verge of turning this franchise around, man. For so long, the Miami Dolphins just were so desolate. And I mean, they were like, Miami, who, what, what football team is down in Miami? And Flores came down there and started to turn things around. Now, there are some rumors, alleged rumors, about how either he was treating the staff or potentially who he would fire uh, in this offseason. And uh, the ones that he wanted to fire, the Dolphins organization actually wanted to keep. So there may have been some uh, confrontation from that standpoint, from an administrative standpoint, allegedly. but. Nonetheless, Flores is no longer the coach of the Miami Dolphins, but he is getting looks uh, from other teams and other organizations. And so I don't think he's going to be without a job, head coaching job here uh, for long, quite honestly, Danny. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another thing to this, though, Danny. I'm just going to keep it real, man. There's not that many uh, black coaches in the NFL. And for this firing to be such a surprise, um. In, in, in the fashion that it is, it just kind of really makes you wonder what in the hell's going on, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite honestly, I mean, the NFL is a is a show me league. It's about wins and losses, mm-hmm. and and yes, to a degree, the relationships. This head coach actually, like I mentioned before, won eight of the last nine games, irregardless of who he played. You can only play what's on your schedule and who's on your schedule. And so the last nine games, he has eight wins, man. Turn things around for the better for Miami Dolphins. You have to think about, too, during this course of the beginning of the season, I mean, he, his quarterback was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it may do with what he was given. But nonetheless, man, he turned this thing around. And I think they would have been even better next year with another season under the belt. And I don't think there were really any controversy in the locker room 
I think the players actually played for him, man. Mm-hmm. I think they played for him. And so I don't think he lost the locker room. Uh, I think he was on the verge of, you know, even, even elevating next year. Uh, so surprise firing uh, by the Miami Dolphins of uh, Coach Flores here. And, man, I, I, again, I don't think he's going to be without a head coaching job for long. What say you, Danny? Jason, I agree, man. I think there was a report as well that there was some dissension with the quarterback selection when Tua was picked where Flores wanted Herbert and not Tua. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like there was some riff going on since then. And you look at Miami's roster too, right? There wasn't an all-pro. The team was – they had Waddle this year who had a great season, his mm-hmm. rookie season. Uh, the defense turned it around this year where in his first two years they were pretty good and they started slow this year. But, yeah, it was a big surprise to me. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, they could have quit on him when they were down and out. And they were cycling through quarterbacks and dealing with what they were dealing with. But they didn't, and they finished the season strong and almost made the playoffs. Right, exactly. So I see him definitely landing a job uh, soon because there are a lot of openings based on what happened over the last couple of days. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a surprise and – I yeah, I just don't get this one. So if there's more to the story that comes out, I guess we'll see and we'll definitely call that out. But as of face value, it just doesn't seem right. And now, Danny, to the national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and Georgia Bulldogs. Look, man, uh, I actually thought Alabama was going to win this game. Uh, I thought it was going to be close, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, uh, a lot closer than uh, the SEC championship game. Uh, I was wrong, man. Uh, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs and to the alumni and to the faithful uh, fans of the Georgia Bulldogs and Georgia University. Listen, uh, or excuse me, UGA. Uh, listen, man, uh, this game was, especially in the first half, was um, a battle of the trenches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the injury to Jameson Williams, uh, who tore his ACL, that really changed the game, especially for Alabama Christmas Tide, Crimson Tide in the uh, second half. Uh, they started to really pass it to uh, the running back Robinson out of the backfield to get some form of uh, passing yardage, uh, some diversity, if you will, into their offense. I really would have loved to have seen what the game would have been like if Williams would have stayed in as the wide receiver, the number one wide receiver uh, for that game. Uh, speedy recovery uh, to uh, Jameson Williams, uh, torn ACL. He was really projected to go very high, actually, in the NFL draft. Uh, I think, according to a couple of big boards, possibly to your Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. So man, that would have been something else to really see and still can be. Uh, there are reports that it should be a, a full recovery and he should get his uh, speed and health back uh, fully. So that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. But Danny, uh, I would say this, man, 
this game, man, there's so many NFL prospects in this game on both sides of the football uh, for both teams. And this was a great game. Uh, it's been, what, 40, 41 years since the Georgia Bulldogs won a national championship. So, again, congratulations to them. What say you? Jay, we had talked about this in our pre-meeting, and I told you I was in Indianapolis this past weekend, <laughs> and I saw the Georgia Bulldogs team buses going down I-65, for those of you familiar with Indiana and Indianapolis. And I told you that was my sign to pick the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> and at first I was watching that game. I was like, oh, man, this doesn't look good. And until the fourth quarter, honestly, Alabama had them on lock. Mm -hmm. They had – there was a big run. I think it was a 67-yard run where then they went in and scored their first touchdown. And that kind of turned things around for them. And then – because they were losing, actually – in the fourth quarter so then they scored a couple touchdowns and then they had that pick six at the end to seal the game uh, to make it 33 to 18 but congratulations to the georgia bulldogs and now danny the return of clay thompson something special where uh the warriors faced off against the cleveland cavaliers uh, a good cleveland cavaliers team and man what an exciting time uh in the arena uh, for the day for Clay Thompson and where he actually started, uh, played 20 minutes, put up a whole lot of shots in those 20 minutes, man. He put up 18 shots in those 20 minutes, uh, scored 17 points uh, and everything, three for eight from the three-point line. But, man, Clay Thompson, yes, he has to get his win back. Mm -hmm. uh, there were several times I saw that he was just hunched over, like, hey, coach sent me out, man, winded. And this is going to be dangerous for the NBA. Because you have Clay Thompson, who's back, getting his wind, and then you're going to have Wiseman coming back eventually. The fact that Clay Thompson is in before the All Star break mm -hmm. speaks volumes. He's going to have his wind and everything back, I believe, by the All Star break. So after All Star break, oh boy, watch out. Then you're going to have Wiseman to come back. That's going to be something else. And the good thing about this, Danny, is the fact that, yes, Clay came back in on a Sunday and played, mm -hmm. but he also played on Tuesday against the Memphis Grizzlies, and that was an awesome game last night, mm -hmm. man. Oh, my gosh, that was an awesome game. Yeah. And Clay went ahead and did his thing, too. Mm -hmm. um, not the greatest shooting night. Memphis, man, we have to talk about Memphis eventually, Danny. Memphis is really, really – uh coming up man and they are hungry john moran is playing out of his mind oh right now gosh oh my gosh man i think he has to be put in that mvp conversation mm -hmm. i really do man memphis right now is on a 10 game winning streak but back to clay uh clay man he played in back-to-back -back games mm -hmm. uh and he actually uh played another 20 minutes and he uh went ahead and had 14 points uh, on five for 13 uh, for shooting. And so he's trying to get his rhythm. Uh, one thing that I've seen from Clay has been the fact that he's going a little bit more to the mid-range game. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's something that he's worked on a little bit more uh, in his rehab. Um, And so this is going to be really an interesting dynamic to see Clay in the mid-range game along with his three-point prowess. So, uh, man, man, this is going to be really interesting to see how this really shakes out. The other thing that I've seen in uh, Clay um, defensively is that he's not all the way there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not moving his feet as much, um, and rightfully so, because he hasn't played in what 900 some odd days. Yep. So he's going to eventually get there. And when he does, man, Golden State's going to be tough. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, man, it was exciting. I called it Clay Day on that Sunday, man, just to see him back on the court and how hyped everyone was for him. Splash Brothers are back in the building. And, man, he hasn't played since game six, 2019. And to go through that grueling ACL and Achilles injury and all the rehab and everything just to get back to the court is an accomplishment in itself. And he's one of the players I like to watch, man, because he plays on both sides of the ball. And this is actually, I think, a blessing in disguise for him because he doesn't have to play a whole season mm-hmm. and he gets that, he get, he'll get that all-star break, little break there. And they're, you know, they're easing him in, playing around 20 minutes. So by the time playoffs come around, he should be good to go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whereas like Steph and some of the other guys may be a little worn down, he should be trending up and picking up. So, and then you mentioned Wiseman as well. I'm curious how he comes back and how he fits in as we talked about in the past with Clay too, when he was going to come back and how they incorporated him back into the offense, but yeah, that mid range game and yeah, just seeing him out there, man, was good. And when he had the dunk, like you mentioned, <laughs> everybody got hype. I was just happy to see him out there. So they play the bucks tomorrow night. So we'll get to see, see them play the bucks. They're struggling bucks. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to see that, see him firsthand. And see how that goes, man. So I'm excited to see that game tomorrow night. And Danny, too, some HBCU football talk. Listen, man, fans, you all know we've been obviously high on HBCU football for quite some time. And uh, the shockwave, the switch heard around the world, uh, where Travis Hunter actually switched from Florida State and went on to uh, go to Jackson State. Well, there's been another switch here, another shock, in where uh, four-star receiver Kevin Coleman is going to Jackson State University. And I saw this live, Danny. I was watching uh, the high school um, Under Armour game here, and, oh, boy, he went ahead and made the announcement. When I saw that Jay hat. I was like, man, he's going to pick Jackson State. And lo and behold, he did. And one of his comments, and this is a quote, I'm taking my talents to play with prime time. He inspired me. Why not be taught by the best? He played both ways, and he did everything that I wanted that I want to do. He made this decision without, to my understanding, he made this decision without even going to uh, a, a, an official visit. That speaks 
volumes, man. And so you have this four-star receiver going up against this five-star cornerback in Travis Hunter. Man, those practices are going to be something else. But the fact he's going to be taught by, like you said, the best mm -hmm. uh, and everything. Man, this is what we've been talking about, man. This trend is going. Uh, and there's been some other recruits um, that have gone from the transfer portal to HBCU programs. So it's just not Jackson State. Oh, no. It's like so Florida A&M University. It's like, like so Grambling, Alabama A&M, uh, Mississippi Valley State. I mean, there's been a whole lot of HBCUs getting a lot of great quality student athletes uh, coming to their universities, man. And so we knew this was going to happen, Danny. Mm -hmm. We knew this was going to happen. And it's going to continue to happen. Uh, and I'm so happy to see this, not only for Jackson State and Florida A&M University and others, but really just for the HBCU community as a whole, man. This is just yeah. something wonderful. What say you? Yeah, Jay, I actually saw this come through on my phone. And I looked and I was like, well, there we go. Coach Prime at it again. Mm -hmm. And it's just on the heels of the five-star cornerback. So it's... It's a trend, man, and it's important that Coach Prime establishes this, you know, and makes it where it's commonplace. It's not like, oh, look at it's a surprise, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually it's common. Mm -hmm. So when you have the hats up there, it's not, you know, the usual three, four schools they have up there. It's actually incorporating some HBCU. So I was excited for them, man, and. Like you said, he said <laughs> he mentioned that he he didn't have to take a visit. He was going. That speaks to Coach Prime and his impact. And we'll see who else will be following suit, man, because uh, it's not just going to be football. It's going to be basketball as well. I think we had uh, Maker Maker, who eventually transferred out, but you're going to see that come too. So it's it's just all in all a good thing and. Congratulations to Kevin Coleman, man, on the decision. And now, Dan, we have a very intriguing trading car scenario. Who we got? So, Jason, our trading car scenario tonight is Joe Burrow's 2020 Panini Prism rookie card for Justin Herbert's 2020 Panini Prism rookie card. A couple quick bios. Joe Burrow was the first pick out of LSU by the Cincinnati Bengals in 2020. Heisman Trophy winner, won a national championship, set a lot of records. Uh, currently in his professional career, 7,299 yards, 47 touchdowns, and 19 interceptions. And he did tear his ACL last year. Uh, Justin Herbert, sixth pick out of Oregon by the Los Angeles Chargers in 2020. 9,350 yards, 69 touchdowns, and 25 interceptions in his pro career. One Pro Bowl and Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Danny, this is a tough one, man. I'm still going back and forth in my head. This one has been tough, man, because like you said, uh, Justin Herbert being the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Joe Burrow, though, did tear his ACL mm -hmm. last year. But, man, he has come back this year and have thrown 34 touchdowns for, against 14 interceptions, 4,611 yards this year, man. That is something awesome. Uh, Joe Burrow has a great system around him, man. Uh, let's just be real. I mean, he has his um, 
college teammate as a receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. I mean, with Jamar Chase, I mean, this has just been something intriguing to watch uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, quite frankly. And that's why I say I'm really in- interested in watching this wild card weekend with the Cincinnati Bengals against the Las Vegas Raiders. Having said that, the fans know where I'm going with this. Man, you mean tell me this is the same Joe Burrow that won a national championship last year? This is the same Joe Burrow that threw 60 touchdowns, 6-0, against six interceptions in that championship LSU run? Mm-hmm. That's a ratio of 10 touchdowns to one, man. Are you kidding me? And not only that, man, he threw for 5,671 yards. Yeah. As a as a student athlete, I think at the time, the most all-time. Mm-hmm. It's the same Joe Burrow that tore his ACL his rookie year and came back and has done a wonderful job and led the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs. We can't say that about Justin Herbert, but oh boy, Justin Herbert is no slouch, man. This is the same Justin Herbert who has thrown the likes of 38 touchdowns against 15 picks this year, man. Mm-hmm. 5,014 yards this year. As I've talked about just uh, Joe Burrow's college career, I mean, Justin's college career has been something else too, man. Mm-hmm. Out in Oregon, he went ahead and had the likes of 32 touchdowns against six interceptions. It's not 60, but that's a good ratio too. Mm-hmm. This has been a tough one, Danny. Because I really believe if Justin Herbert had the same system or similar system in the pass catchers like Joe Burrow, I believe that Justin would have those same or if not better numbers. But it says something to have won a title. It says something to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Having said that, man, I'm going to have to go with Joe Burrow because I believe – Justin Herbert's going to get all these accolades mm-hmm. by him being with the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe Justin's going to get a lot of accolades, but he's going to come short on getting to the playoffs, getting wins in the playoffs, and ultimately getting uh, the right pieces around him. Mm-hmm. I believe the LA Chargers are going to. Uh, short him on those things. Whereas the Cincinnati Bengals, ironically enough, yes, the Bungles, I think Cincinnati has already put the pieces around Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to go with Joe Burrow, man. Who, what say you? Yeah, Jay, this is a tough one, man. Uh, I'm a Herbert fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I am too. Yep. And Burrow's, man. You can't deny what he's done this year. That's just been insane. And so looking at these two from, if I was picking the player, 
I think Justin Herbert's my guy mm-hmm. because Herbert's dynamic. He can run and he has a crazy arm to go with his running. So uh, watching him and seeing him perform, he is, he's a great quarterback on the, on the, he's a quarterback on the come up for sure. Mm-hmm. And when I look at Burrow, Burrow's a pocket passer. He will run if he needs to, but Burrow has those weapons, man. And yep. when I'm looking at the value of that card and the way Jamar Chase came in this year and <sighs> lit the NFL on fire. Come on, man. And don't forget, he has T. Higgins, Come who's on, no man. slouch. Come Tyler on, Boyd, who's no slouch, slot receiver. Joe Mixon, <sighs> who actually had a great year and was healthy. So it all came together for the Bengals this year. It, the Chargers were knocking on the door, but I always look at the Chargers, man, and I say they're the Falcons of the of the AFC. They're like mm-hmm. right there, no, but they no, can't no, get over the hump. Don't put that. No, don't put that on. Don't put. Don't put that on. Man, the hold on, hold on. How many games did the Chargers blow this year? Hey, man. In the fourth quarter, they look just like us. No, man. Hold on. <laughs> no, real talk. I can't, I can't. I can't let you put that on the Chargers, man. I can't let Jason, you put that you on the Chargers. You need to do some Chargers, research man. on this one. Go back and check yeah. all the games they blew in the fourth quarter. All the blown leads. They would have been in the playoffs this year don't, if we wouldn't blew those leads. The only so, reason I'm saying that. So I'm sympathetic yeah. to the Chargers because <laughs> I know how it is. The only reason <laughs> I was saying that is because I think you have a a, a young quarterback and i think you have a young team trying to find its way oh i get that part but i'm saying how they operate as a team oh okay i got you as a team no no i'm looking at them as an organization and they can't close games and that's the same problem we have we can't close games we did win a few close ones this year finally but it's like this stigma with the chargers and the falcons well let me ask you this that being said I'm going to take Joe Burrow's rookie card at this time because, like I said, man, sky's the limit for him and that team. They made the playoffs. They're trending right now, so the value is going to be there. Justin Herbert's a great player, and maybe next year they get over the hump and he gets to, he gets to start battling Joe Burrow because I was hoping they would both make the playoffs so they could both possibly face each other in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Same here. I'm going to go Joe Burrow's rookie card in this scenario. Here's here's the other reason why too, Danny. Mm-hmm. I'm picking Joe Burrow. The AFC North. I think the Bengals could put a stranglehold on that division mm-hmm. for at least a few years to come. Yeah. Baltimore is going to be Baltimore. I I just think Baltimore is going to have to change have consistent run, if you will, or be mm-hmm. consistently competitive in that division. Cleveland, mm, no. As long as they have Baker Mayfield, I'm not really confident in what they have there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, who else is in AFC? Steelers. North? Then you have the Steelers. Big Ben is about to retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a lot of work to do um, uh, from that standpoint. The Bengals can really consistently be the leaders of that division. And w- with that comes the likes of a great numbers by uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, and so I think we made the right choice this go around and <laughs> getting Joe Burrow. 
Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.